You're listening to Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, joined by my co-host, Justin Watson. Chad Finnerty sitting in again this week. We are back to Fight Island as uh, the UFC presents the first of five cards back in Abu Dhabi, uh, Yaz Island. We will be uh, doing a preview of this week's uh, UFC, two, uh, UFC 253, as well as a recap of this past weekend's UFC Vegas card. Uh, guys, how's it going? Justin, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's one of our off weeks here so a uh, little uh, little recuperation before we get back into it next week yeah man uh i'd like to be out enjoying it but it's fucking cold is it cold up there it, it's mild man it's mild here in east tennessee i think it feels great outside dude in the mornings when i when i leave in the mornings it's like 49 degrees and i'm not expecting it <laughs> I love that shit, man. I, I'm much more built for uh, for the cold weather than the hot. Chad, my man, it's uh, it's uh, your final week of preparations for your uh, your pro debut next week at Valor seventy four. How goes it? It's going good. Just walked out of the gym uh, to get on here. Um, a lot of hard training, trying to get some weight down. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity y'all gave me. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's definitely going to be a good one next week. couple quick announcements before we get going into uh, the business at hand this week. Also, uh, I note here at the end of the show, but we are going to have uh, an interview with Dre Miley, uh, who is also competing next week. Originally slated to be Charlie C4 Alexander, Junie Browning in the main event. Junie Browning has pulled, unfortunately, this week with a knee injury. So uh, now moving up to the main event will be uh, our guest later on the night, Dre uh, Miley, as he'll be taking on Hollywood with John Sweeney out of the upstate karate camp there in South Carolina with Ray Thompson, Wonder Boy, all those guys. Going to be a really solid main event, although it is disappointing to uh, have lost that Junie and C4 fight for sure. Uh, of course, next week will be our picks panel and preview for that card. We'll go over that um, a lot more there next week. And uh, without further ado, let's get into our recap of this past week's action. Of course, it was uh, the UFC uh, Vegas 11. They're their final show in Vegas before they take the month off to go to Fight Island, and uh, it was uh, it was a big card, man. There was uh, there was a lot of fights on this one. This is one of those uh, we ended up having, I think, fourteen fights on this card. Um, we'll go over it real quick. Uh, real quick, we'll just kind of skim through the undercard. We'll spend a little bit more time on the main card. Uh, opening us up for the evening, Tyson Nam with a, uh, a nice knockout in the second round over Jerome Rivera, uh, flyweight division there. Another good win for Tyson Nam. Good to see him doing uh, doing well there. Derek Minner with a big upset. Man, uh, this this destroyed my DraftKings lineups, destroyed parlays. This was uh, pretty much sunk my night early in the second fight. Derek Minner with a big upset win with a guillotine in the first round over TJ Laramie. Uh, Andre Yule with a split decision win over Erwin Rivera. And uh, Randy Costa with a big knockout uh, as a side underdog. First round, just a beautiful head kick knockout. Gets him a performance of the night bonus over Journey New and uh, any of those stand out to you, uh, Justin, from the undercard, uh, the earlier portion of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, um, Derek Minner with that quick submission. Um, 
I don't know. He's kind of known for for having a tight guillotine like that, and um, Laramie's just a wrestler. Fell right into it. I definitely wasn't expecting that, but um, you know, that was a big one. There was a couple of them on the night. Randy Costa with that head kick was was nasty, man. Um, and then another another big knockout for Tyson Nam too in a in a short time frame here. So um, looks good for his career trajectory. <laughs> Also on the undercard, we saw Jessica Rose Clark with an absolute beating uh, of Sarah Alpar. Uh, third round stoppage in that bantamweight bout for the women. And some controversy in this one with Chris Tyone again. Oh, man. Two weeks in a row uh, with Tyone on, with some rough calls. Uh, stops this one, um, I guess they said, uh, to an illegal strike that, that they ended up deeming was not illegal after replay. And then they start restarted the fight which uh, confused a lot of people because I, they always say that the, the replay can only be used uh, in a fight ending sequence. So I don't know if they're just kind of making things up on the fly here, but that was, that was kind of a crazy situation. Damon Jackson with another huge upset on the night as he takes the fight on 48, uh, 48 hours notice with Mirsad Bektic and gets him out of there in the third round with a guillotine. Bektic uh, was, was winning the fight, but uh, Jackson every round just like kept going for submissions, arm bars, guillotines. And he finally got that. That one in the third round, big upset. Uh, nice win for him. Tough loss for Bektic. Uh, We saw Myra Buena Silva with a submission by armbar in the first round over Mara Romero Barella, and then a flyweight bout with a couple of uh, ranked guys, David Dvorak, with a unanimous decision win over Jordan Espinosa at flyweight. Uh, Justin, anything uh, here in the the top half of the prelim? Jump out. Uh, obviously, another big underdog um, was Damon Damon. Jeff. Jackson, um, the Sarah Rose Clark and, and Sarah Alpart, or Jessica Rose Clark and Sarah Alpart thing was kind of weird. I heard John Anik talk about it a little bit, and he was saying basically that they said that, okay, so we always knew that, you know, what, once you use the replay, you can't start the fight over at that point. And he said that uh, the commission said that that's a new, that there's a new change in the rule, that that's not the case anymore. So I don't know if they were doing that, just trying to take the referees back in that situation, or if that's really something that's that's a new rule that nobody knew about um i don't dis- disagree with being able to restart a fight after using the replay i think that that could be beneficial in a lot of situations um in this one i think it definitely was beneficial but there was just no reason to restart the fight ultimately sarah alpar was done um you know it was i don't know how you could really fault him for stopping the fight and saying that that was an illegal knee. I mean, Alpar's butt was like a fucking eighth of an inch off the ground yeah. to, to see that in, in full speed. I mean, I think that was a good call for him to stop it and say that, you know, let's look at it. Um, it sounded like he just actually saw the replay on a monitor and said, okay, wait a minute. That's not what I thought it was. <clears throat> um, but Anyway, you know, ultimately, I think that that was the right call, but it should have been stopped at that point. Shouldn't have allowed Sarah Alpar to to re to refight. I mean, she was pretty done there, and that was that was the bad part of it. I think for me, Chad, any thoughts on this undercard? Yeah, uh, chime in on that the Sarah Alpar thing. Um, I actually got to watch it live, and uh, she was done. Like, regardless of what the call was. I mean, whether it was illegal and stopped the fight or deemed not illegal, there there was no reason to restart that. She was so hurt. Um, you know, she just took some more damage after that. But, but uh, you know, um, tough luck for that one. But, you know, uh, 
that one in the Dvorak. Uh, that was that was a good fight. I, I enjoyed that one. Um, enjoyed all the the submission attempts. It was it was good. Moving on to the main card, uh, really solid main card. I thought this was uh, one of the better main card offerings that we'd seen in a while. I think we kind of mentioned on last week's show, if, if this were a year ago, we would probably be paying uh, for this main card uh, as a pay-per-view type offering. Starting things off, of course, we had a middleweight fight between Kevin Holland and Darren Stewart. Really close fight, man. It ended up being Kevin Holland with a split decision there. Uh, a few people thought Stewart did enough to win that one. Really came on strong. I thought Stewart fought really well. Uh, even even in a loss, I thought that he, he fought pretty well. Uh, really dominant third round there. He's getting to talk a little shit back to Kevin Holland, who is usually the one talking the talk. Uh, that was... Uh, uh, Kevin Holland, even afterwards, as he didn't know for sure that he won, he said maybe he thought he should have been a draw. He'd be willing to run it back. And also, with a little call out of uh, Chimaev, who we'll talk about here uh, a little bit later, uh, Justin, your thoughts on uh, this win for Kevin Holland to keep some momentum going for him in middleweight? Yeah, I think both guys look good, like you said. I mean, it was a close fight. Um, like you mentioned, Holland said that he, would, he wants to run it back. He doesn't feel like he won the fight, but um, I don't – I don't really agree with with that mindset as far as um you know your career it's not not a great career choice I don't think I think you should just take take the win um and move on but um that just kind of speaks to the type of guy that Holland is you know he's not really he, he's one of the honorable ones out there I think and um really does it for the art uh I didn't hear the that he called out Shemaev uh I, I don't know how I feel about that at this point but um health give it to i don't want to see it you know um the, apparently they had a bit of an altercation at the uh, at the oh, fire hotel yeah. in the lead up to this and then jamaya pushed him and called him the help and yeah so, yeah so so they had a little bit of a lead up to this where you know you, you can see why you know he's calling him out See, I had forgot. I did hear about that, but I heard. I just heard something about that. Shemaya thought that he was supposed to be cleaning his room or something. But oh, yeah. uh, I, I need to look into that. Though. That's probably fun to watch. Dad, your thoughts on this opening contest on the main card? Yeah, I thought uh, Kevin Holland did really, really good in the first two rounds, um, and then you know Darren at the end, the the mouthiness. Uh, I was sitting there and I was like, dude, you might want to make sure you're winning before you talk trash like that. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is, is do that and then lose a decision. Uh, but, you know, he, he did a good job. Both of them, uh, I don't think either one of them takes too too far of a step back from, from the performances. Up next, it was Mackenzie Dern uh, with a first-round submission by Armbar. A lot of female submissions by Armbar. Uh, taking out Random Marcos in the first round. Another performance of the night uh, bonus there. Tell you, I went with Random Marcos here, took the underdog. I thought that Dern's wrestling wouldn't be good enough to get it to the ground and that Marcos could win a bit of a, uh, uh, a kickboxing match against Dern, who hasn't really shown a lot of very good striking. But, uh, you know, Random was, was touching her up on the feet and then showed very poor IQ by following her right to the ground. Uh, if there's any place you don't want to be, that's on the ground with Mackenzie Dern. And uh, before you know it, uh, she was submitting, tapping out to an arm bar. Mackenzie Dern uh, with a good win. 
win and uh, maybe gets a fight against, uh, you know, a, a top 10 uh, opponent or at the very least, uh, you know, a little bit better name coming up next. She's one of those for me that she's still kind of a one trick pony. I think if you fight her smart, you can you can beat her handily. But if you go to what uh, she's good at, you know, she's uh, one of the best in the world in, in that regard. Chad, your thoughts on this win by Mackenzie Dern? Uh, McKenzie looked good. It shocked me that Randa followed her so easily to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, she, when she first hit the ground, you know, I thought, all right, let her back up. And she just went, dove right in. And yeah. um, was was this the one that uh, she tapped before she was fully extended? Or was that the other female fight? No, this one was fought hard. Okay. All right. Um, but, uh, yeah, she... Got her on the ground, did what she did, and and come away with a, another another good win. Justin, uh, poor fight IQ on Marcus is in. One has to imagine you you they've drilled this into her head going into this fight. You would imagine. Yeah, I don't know why. She, I guess she thought that her top game was going to be good enough. It didn't make sense. I mean, you know, Mackenzie um, Dern has recently switched over and started training with Jason Perillo. She left Black House and. Um, she she was trying to throw some of those uh, new strikes. I think that she may have developed in camp through a head kick that was very uncontrolled and uh, and just busted her ass. I mean, it was it was pretty comical just to see that part of it. But then for Random Marcos to dive into her guard like that was was crazy. Um, and yeah, Mackenzie Dern. I mean, once she gets there, um, she, you know, she was right there for the arm bar. If that didn't work, she could have gone to the triangle. If that didn't work, she could go on Maplata. Um, and she she grabbed the armbar, had it in several different positions. Uh, Randa kept getting her thumb down um, and just just staying out of trouble there. But then you know finally Mackenzie Dern got it in the right spot and um, and popped it. But uh, you know I don't know. I think it's kind of Randa Marcos's career. You know she's she's not the most intelligent girl out there. I think she goes out there and scraps. But um, you know she's never going to be super high level because that part of her game is, is just not developed enough. After that, we had light heavyweight fun. Johnny Walker knocks off Ryan Spann. First round TKO. Not without some trouble. Uh, Johnny Walker still showed to me that like he could be touched up. I mean, it seemed like every time Ryan Spann touched him, he was he was chicken legging across the cage about to go down, but he showed some resiliency. Uh, Ryan Spann went in on a takedown, wasn't able to get it immediately. Walker starts just hammering him to the side of the head with elbows. Spann doesn't let up off the takedown, and uh, eventually he kind of just kind of crumples down there. TKO win for Johnny Walker. Um, tough loss for Spann. I think that's his first loss in the UFC. I think he's 4-0 in the UFC committed to that. So in the double, we'll see if Johnny Walker gets a little uh, top 10 action now. He won as number 11, knocks off number 12 there. Uh, Justin, your thoughts? Uh, I just don't think either guy is very good, man. You know, I think John Jones tweeted out afterwards and said, cool bar fight, bro. Like that, it, yeah. it just it wasn't a very high level affair as long as it lasted. Once they got to the, I don't know why Ryan Span went for the takedown. He obviously had Johnny Walker, you know, on his way out. Um, I think we've seen that Johnny Walker's chin. I mean, these guys are hitting hard, man. You, you know, you can't get in there and and take these these shots unblocked uh, very much. And um, then Ryan Span shot him for the takedown, and, and Johnny Walker started throwing those elbows to the. Uh, just to the side of the dome, and you, that's a, you can't take very many of those either. You know, like at what point do you do you not figure out you got to get the fuck out of there? You know, like but 
Um, Span stayed there and let him do it, and, and Johnny Walker got a much-needed win. Uh, but I don't think that um, – I, I, I don't know. I'm just not super impressed with Johnny Walker still. I think he, he is flashy and got some nice showy knockouts early. Um, but when it comes to, to really fighting and, and when he gets in there with guys who are who know what they're doing and have some experience and, and can test him out in different places, I don't think he's, he's at that level yet. Um, but – He'll move up from here, I guess, and, and we'll see him fight somebody a little better. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was – I thought it was, you know, it was very entertaining, but it, it was some some sloppy swinging. Um, to, you know, echo you guys, that Ryan Spann shooting in on a takedown after he was lighting him up made absolutely no sense to me. Um and then, like Justin said, you got you got to bail out. You, you're not. He he didn't have good pressure on Johnny against the cage. He wasn't he wasn't pushing for the takedown. He was just holding him there. And Johnny starts throwing them elbows, and he just stayed. Uh, like in the previous fight, it was just a poor IQ, poor fight IQ choice right there. I'd like to see Johnny Walker and OSP next. You know, I was going to the same thing, but because I you know it, that would be fun. Minute. Yeah, I mean, I think if OSP puts it on his uh, puts it on his chin, he's going to knock him out for sure. You know, but Ovince is also known to start a little slow from time to time, and so I think there's still some intrigue to it uh, as far as Johnny just going out there and and you know going balls out at early in the fight. I, I think Ovince does eventually sleep him though. Uh, that would regardless be a pretty fun action fight. I think uh, feature bout. This one was uh, this was highly anticipated. It was the uh, return of the. UFC's new golden boy, Kamzat Chemaev, taking on uh, heavy underdog Gerald Mearshart. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk going into this fight where Chemaev had already uh, planned to fight Damian Maya, so uh, Mearshart took exception to that, thought that that was disrespectful for them to book um, his next fight uh, before he'd gotten past him. Uh, major favorite was Chemaev. Um, we watched with bated breath, and then it was over real quick, man. 16, 17 seconds, one punch, knockout, down goes Mearshart. Chemaev star gets even brighter. Uh, your thoughts on this one, Chad? This was my DraftKings killer. I yeah. took uh, Mearshart just to, to try to sneak in with some points. I was doing great up until then. Um, you know, I mean, what, what what can you say? 17 seconds. I, I thought Mearshart looked a little off, even just with his, his footwork moving around the cage. I know he's he's a little unorthodox anyway, but he, he just had a different look to him. Uh, and Chemayev come off and, and just, you know, uh, measured him up and hit him with the one that counted. Justin. Yeah, so uh, last week I said jump on this. I've been saying it for several weeks, and I guess I'm a fucking idiot, man, but I didn't see that coming at all. Um, I, I, I don't know what – I don't know. I, I think Mearshart needs to take a long look at uh, where he wants to go from here. Um you couldn't have fucked that up any worse. Obviously, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, it made Jemayev look great. Um, and, you know, I guess we'll see him against Damian. I don't want to see him against Damian Maya now, that's for sure. Um, 
it's crazy that he's that he's being this competitive in two weight classes. If he goes out there and beats Damien and then goes back up to middleweight and and fights a top fifteen there and can can keep doing this back and forth thing, you've got a massive massive star on your hands. The more he he the better he gets at English. Um, I mean, his broken English almost helps sell him even more because he only knows how to say a few things and they're just hilarious and he says them at the right time. Um, and I think this guy's definitely got some star power, but you just got to be careful how you build these guys. You know, he's, he's asking for um, big, big fights next, and that's great. But, you know, we've seen it a hundred times where guys, you know, run through these these early uh, few outs and then get up there into the top five and they just can't hang. Um, and then their career just kind of goes by the wayside. So I think they need to be careful how they build him here. But um, he's definitely a dangerous, dangerous dude. What do you think about Kevin Holland calling him out now? Do you think that's a to me? I'd rather see that than Maya. Honestly, Maya doesn't need that damn fight. You know, like that's that would all that does. Like I can't see this. Probably ends poorly for Maya. He he probably I would imagine wants maybe one or two more fights, something to go out good with. You know, uh, I can't see the advantage to him taking this fight. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I I kind of hope that the deal wasn't actually done and that maybe his management rethinks this a little bit before they sign an official contract and, and give Shemayev somebody else over at Fight Island. Kevin Holland is, I don't know, man, Shemayev really surprised me at how big he was in their next to Mirshar. That was one of the things that I thought, I thought that Mirshar was going to have a, a significant size advantage, but I don't think that Kevin Holland would be that big over Shemayev either, you know, and um, it's going to be, I don't know, you know, Kevin Holland is, is, is high level on the ground as well. Kevin Holland submitted Gerald Mearshart, you know, so if, if Shemayev goes in there and tries to take him down, it's not going to be a walk in the park. I don't think so. I think it's a good test for, to see where he's at. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't just, dis, I don't disagree with that matchup either because Holland has faced some high level competition. So a loss to, to Holland doesn't kill Shemayev. Um, so yeah, I like the I like that fight a lot better than Damian Maya. I think you get a lot more a lot better build to that fight than Maya as well, because Holland's gonna talk. You know, there's gonna yeah. be some heat there and Maya's not gonna say anything really, you know. Yeah, um, and it's not it's just I, I don't know, it's just sad to see Maya go out like that, you know. I mean he, he had a tough out in his last one and then to give him somebody like this is just that's just disrespectful, man. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I hopefully, uh, hopefully, we see the Holland fight instead. Now, obviously, Dana White is very high on Jemayev. He he says that he predicts he'll have two titles in two weight classes next year, which tells me that he clocks him above the champions, right? Yeah, dude, it's, it's insane. I mean, this guy, this guy's talking about. He's talking about coming and knocking out Israel or Paulo. He's talking about wants to go over there, and if something happens, he he jumps in and replaces them. Like, dude. I mean, like I said before, I mean, if it's possible, I don't, I don't doubt it at this point. I think that anything's possible if they build him right and give him the right fights. But if he does that, he he becomes, you know, probably the next Conor McGregor, if not bigger. Co-main event. 
Donald, uh, Cowboy Cerrone versus Nico Price. This one ends up being a majority draw. Probably the right call. Um, there was a point deducted from Nico Price in the first round for multiple eye pokes. Uh, he was really all up on Cerrone shit early. I mean, he was swarming in, throwing hard. Cerrone's just kind of surviving, but he did survive. And then Nico kind of slowed down a little bit there in the in the latter rounds that Cerrone was able to come on and at least get uh, one of those rounds. But then when you take away the point in the first round, Nico uh, probably would have had a uh, well, definitely would have had a uh, a decision win that uh, unfortunately with those fouls he's not going to get uh does this extend donald cerrone's shelf life a little bit more i don't know if i liked what i saw uh, uh you know dana white said that uh quote uh it's going to break his heart that donald cerrone and i need to talk about retirement so that's not a good sign to be hearing the boss man say that uh your thoughts on this one uh justin I'm I'm glad Cerrone made it out of the fight, um, made it to a decision here. Obviously, one of the judges gave him the fight. I don't hate that necessarily. I, I could see an argument for giving him the, the second and third round, um, but I thought it was a draw. I thought Nico got two of the three rounds, obviously the first and probably the third, um, And but the eye poke in the first made that an even round. So, um, so it was I, right. He, he do what? So it was right. Yeah, yeah, I think that the, the decision was right, um, but I, I, I hate this fight. I, they're, they're talking about doing it again. You know, Cowboy said that he he would like to run it back for their next fight. That he just doesn't feel like uh, doesn't feel like it was um, fair to either one of them. You know, to come out with a draw. But Nico's so big, man, and he's he's gonna Nico's gonna be a problem in this division. He's only got a couple losses in there too. You know, um, Vicente Luque, who's another problem in the division. Um, it would have been great for, for Cerrone to get a win and just move on past Nico. But like, like we've talked about a couple of times, I just want to see Cerrone get some, some kind of legend fights, just big fights that don't really have any implications on them. Um, and you know, I don't want to see them building names off Cerrone. Uh, but I think at the same time, I, I think that Dana should respect Cerrone's choice. You know, if he's, if he still thinks that he's good to go and wants to keep fighting, I think, there's you can make tons and tons of money off Donald Cerrone if you book him correctly. Um, and there's no reason to be throwing him to guys like this. I, I, I didn't understand this matchup um, for for the UFC from the UFC's perspective uh, or Donald. But, you know, Donald just takes whatever he gets. So um, but I, I'm, I'm glad that he. I think I think that he he impressed me. I, I didn't think he was going to get out of there with Nico. I thought that Nico was going to probably finish him in the first round, honestly. And uh, you know, he surprised me there. I guess. Chad, your thoughts on this co-main event? Yeah, I thought Nico was going to get the finish in the first, and uh, you know, it, it's almost kind of hard to watch for Donald because you know, outside of the the eye post, I mean, he lost the fight. Um, I mean, I know on technicality, it was a it was a majority decision, whatever, but. I mean, Nico handled the fight for the most, for the most part. Um, I'm with you guys. I don't want to see Donald being made made an example of, if you will, you know, kind of the gatekeeper. Um, give him a couple of, you know, like like uh, Justin said, some legend fights and, and let him go out on his own terms because uh, he's not going to go out like that. But at the same time, I think his competitive days, being competitive in the, di- the division is over. 
yeah, what I think here's what I think they should do. I think that they need to book. We're getting ready to talk about Colby, but I think they need to just go ahead and book Colby and Masvidal and give Cerrone Nate Diaz. Give give us that rematch. That's a massive fight that Cerrone. You know, you're not building a new name off of Cerrone. He's going to make tons of money. It's going to be a fan favorite fight. You know, that's the type of fight that I want to see for for Cerrone from here out. Main event. Uh, this is the one that was the most talked about fight, of course, on the evening. Lots of uh, hype in the buildup. These guys didn't like each other. Uh, number two, Colby Covington knocks off number five, Tyron Woodley. Fifth round TKO injury, uh, rib injury in the fifth round uh, in a fight that Covington was winning handily up to that point. Really good game plan from Covington. Not enough, uh, not enough output, man. Just not enough activity from Woodley. I thought with him maybe having some some beef in this one that he might be able to dig down and, and just, you know, throw and, and be dangerous. But, uh, man, just too reserved again. Uh, Kobe Covington gets the win. Probably doesn't make a whole lot of fans in uh, the process as far as just uh, stylistically goes. He, 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 you know, he played it safe, but he was smart. I don't take anything away from him there. Um, of course, calls out uh, Usman for the uh, title rematch afterward. They have a, had a very heated argument. Uh, a lot of a lot of harsh words used, and uh, you know that's, I guess, what Kobe will be waiting on to see the winner, Gilbert Burns and uh, Usman. There, or do you do you guys think we see that next, or do you think he takes a fight in in between while he waits against uh, Leon Edwards or some such? We'll go to you first, Chad. Yeah, Kobe looked really good in this fight. Um, Tyron still hesitating, not not. Throwing in bunches, which is, I, I believe, what we all talked about last week in the preview is, you know, he's getting to where he's hesitant. He's almost maybe a step slow these days. Um, you know, the younger, more aggressive Covington just got him, got him where he wanted, got him on the ground. And, uh, you know, I still I still didn't see how that rib injury even happened. But, um, you know, they were just barely moving on the ground and all of a sudden, but... You know, uh, Kobe was dominating the fight. I felt like I didn't feel like, you know, whether he got injured or it lasted another couple minutes. And Kobe was winning. Kobe dominated it. Um, looked good. I'd like to see him wait it out and see uh, see who gets the winner of. But uh, kind of, I, I just got a sneaky hunch he's going to want to stay busy and and get another win real quick. Uh, your thoughts, Justin? So I guess. Um, Woodley said that the rib popped out in the first round, I guess is when it broke or, or whatever he said happened. <clears throat> I saw the x-ray. It kind of looks funny. I don't really know much about x-rays, obviously, but I guess he has a broken rib. Um, but to me, it looked like he was just looking for a way out. He got that ass whooped for yeah. five more rounds. I mean, just absolutely dominated. He had zero to offer. Um and it's just the timidity. It's, it's it's not that Tyron can't go out there and, and do better than that. He's just not fighting. He's offering zero resistance and allowed Colby just to do whatever he wanted. You know, Colby held him up against the cage for a lot of the fight. Um, just avoiding the one thing that Tyron could possibly do was land one big shot because he wasn't doing anything but throwing that. And he didn't throw it much. Um, it was a great fight for Colby. I think Colby's looked phenomenal the last multiple fights that he's had even in the Camaro fight um you know I think he was winning that fight until the very end it was kind of a weird stoppage and um I don't like Colby as a person I think he's 
fucking retarded, but he's he's proven himself over and over and over again. Uh, I can't wait for him to to have that rematch with Usman. I think it was one of the best fights we've seen in a long, long time, um, and and I think it'll it'll stand the test of time. Um, but I hope that he that he fights uh, Jorge. I think that the money is there for for both guys right now, um, and they're you know. Uh, Usman and Burns are already set up, so let that fight happen. Maybe even on the same card if they can get it done. I don't know when that when that fight's scheduled for, but if they can get it on the same card, fight Masvidal um, and make a massive payday. I guess that may even be if if they did Masvidal Covington. I mean, they could put the BMF belt on the line and make a pay per view, no problem, and have one of the best sellers of the year. Um, so I think that's I think that's the route that. Everybody should go, and then the winner fights Usman uh, or Burns, whoever whoever wins that fight. I like the way you're thinking, man. That actually makes a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, it, you know, it makes all kinds of sense uh, from a business uh, standpoint and just uh, uh, from a practicality standpoint. So, uh, what about uh, what about Woodley? Is this uh, you know uh, this is, to me is, is his the end of his his. Uh, you know, run as a uh, title contender at the very least. Has he become a gatekeeper at this point? He says he's not going to retire. Uh, but I believe I saw a stat where he's now lost like 15 straight rounds. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, when you look back over his last couple fights, including this one, uh, 15 straight rounds, he just has it. He's not even winning any rounds at all. Yeah, dominated in 15 straight rounds, multiple 10-8s in those, I think. Um, but, yeah, he says he's not going to retire, and I, he's in a weird spot, man, because how do you retire off of that after the um, the everything that's gone on between him and Colby with the uh, the – you know, the personal side of it and everything, you don't, Colby said a thousand times, I'm going to retire this dude. So that's the last thing Tyron wants to happen is to lose to Colby and then have to retire. But you have to sit down and think about it. I mean, at this point, where does he go next? Give him Chimaev. I mean, he's, you know, he was, I think he was still in the top five coming into this fight, but like you said, it's three dominated three fights. He's been completely dominated for five straight rounds. So are you going to start building off of him? Um, I don't know how he would get up for for one of those these young up and comers like um, like uh, Shabazi. You gonna get him Shabazian or Derek Brunson? Um, those guys are those guys. Those guys are at eighty five actually. I guess aren't they? They but, are. You know what I'm saying? Like just yeah. just these 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 lions. Um, I don't I, I don't know. He's in a tough spot, man. I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you do with him right now. I think that they need to sit down and talk to him, though, for sure, and and see where his head's at. All right, that will uh, that is the conclusion of our UFC um, uh, in Vegas eleven fight card uh, re- review. There, guys, uh, real quick here, we'll just skim past this uh, biggest winner, biggest loser for each of you guys who benefited the most from their win in this uh, on this fight card. Who uh, really uh, whose stock suffered the most? I'll let you go first, Chad. <laughs> I'm going to say Mackenzie. Um, I think her, her stock's going to keep going up. She got another uh, first-round sub. She, she looked really, really good. Um, stock's just going to keep going up for her. Um, and then the biggest loser, uh, it's a toss-up for me between uh, Woodley and, and Mearshart, but I'm going to go Mearshart just because he didn't last for 17 seconds. Yeah, really tough loss there, uh, Justin. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm 
I was thinking both those guys too for my loser. But um, for winner, I think it would be between um, Derek Minner and Randy Costa. Uh, probably go with Randy Costa just because it was just such a nasty head kick. Um, maybe I guess uh, just to just to get a little different, I think my loser would have to be Mursad Bektik. I think he was the biggest favorite in the fight. That's yeah. a few losses now. I think three losses maybe in a row for him. And he was a guy who came in as, you know, they were talking about this dude as being like the next GSP and he's a monster too. I mean, you know, he, he was looked really good in that fight until he didn't. Um, and, but at this point, you know, he's, he's going to have to really buckle down and to turn things around. For me, uh, I'm going to go with uh, go with an easy one there and go with Chimaev as the biggest winner. Uh, that was just, uh, you know, uh, an amazing knockout. Uh, it keeps his stock soaring. It's obvious that the uh, UFC has got uh, high hopes for him. My biggest loser, eh, I'll get off the beaten path a little bit, go with uh, Mara Romero Barella. That's three or four in a row now. It's, she's not. She's likely gets cut, I would imagine, at this point, especially if the UFC doesn't have plans to be in Italy anytime soon. Uh so, all right, that'll do it for our uh, recap, and we'll move on now to our uh, our preview uh, session of this week's upcoming UFC 253 card uh, from Fight Island. It is a pay-per-view card, and it uh, looks like the prelims are going to be on ESPN2, oddly enough. So a little bit of a change-up in, uh, in the way that they're airing things here. We'll uh, run through the prelims super quick, and I'll spend a whole lot of time on those. Uh, Kadi Sabrigamov takes on Danilo Marquez. Not really sure what to make of this one. Uh, Brigamoff doesn't look very good, and Marquez doesn't look like he's UFC caliber. Jeff Hughes, uh, heavyweight. Uh, Jeff Hughes takes on Juan Espino. Uh, Juan was the champion of the uh, Ultimate Fighter a couple seasons back, but he hasn't fought since that uh, finale, so he's been on the shelf for like two years. Jeff Hughes, of course, trains with uh, Stephane in the gang uh, up in Ohio. We've got William Knight, fresh off of a contender series win, uh, making a quick turnaround to fight in the UFC for the first time against uh, Alexa Kamer, who's undefeated 6-0, also out of the uh, Stipe camp, so that's two fighters from there on this card. Shane Young, originally supposed to fight Nate the Train Landwehr. Nate the Train uh, has the COVID, unfortunately, and that would have been a lot of fun, man. Now it'll be Shane Young uh, representing that city kickboxing, taking on Ludovic Klein, who I'm not familiar with. He's 16-2, and two, though, and he looks like a pretty good striker. Um, also, Diego Sanchez. It's a Diego Sanchez sighting. He's a massive underdog, the biggest one on the card, against Australian Jake Matthews. That's a tough fight for uh, Diego, I think, just about everywhere. And uh, then we got Brad Riddell. Uh, always exciting Brad Riddell, also from the City Kickboxing Group, taking on Alex De Silva, who is uh, an astounding 21-2. and two. Uh, Justin, anything on the prelims jump out? Um, man, I like those city kickboxing guys. They're <clears throat> they're matched up tough. I think. Um, I think Brad Riddell's opponent. I, I think he's, he came off like 16 wins in two years. You know, so he's got a very padded record, I believe. Um, Brad Riddell's, you know, been around for a really long time. He's been coaching over there for a long time. Um, he's kickboxed against John Wayne Parr a couple times. Beat him both times, I think. Um, <clears throat> so I think that'll be a high level striking event. Uh, that'll be fun to watch. I think they're doing Diego dirty with Jake Matthews. Um, Jake Matthews is just a dirty, gritty dude. And I 
think Diego's probably going to get hurt there. Um, Shane Young, that would have been a crazy fight with him and Nate. Um, mm-hmm. He's another guy that's just, you know, a dangerous striker. He loves to to move forward and, and press the pace, and that's what Nate does. You know, it would have been a, a, definitely an action fight there. Um, but he's, you know, drawing this guy that's uh, – I don't even know where he's from – Lithuania or somewhere. I don't even know where he's from, but um, <clears throat> I guess he's supposed to be uh, a good striker, so maybe it'll be some fireworks there. Uh, and looking forward to seeing William Knight uh, making the, the UFC debut, uh, you know, on UFC proper. He's a big, stacked, shredded dude, um, and we'll see what he can do against uh, Kamar in this one. Chad, any of these undercard fights stick out to you? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Justin. They're doing Diego pretty dirty with Jake. Um, I think Jake takes this one pretty easily. Um, I'm anxious to see the William Knight and uh, Kamur fight. Uh, I think I'd take Kamur in this one. Um, Just kind of a welcome to the UFC kind of fight. Um, And then I I like the Brad Rudell. I I think Brad's going to pull that one out. Let's move on to the main card of the pay-per-view here. This is pretty solid. I like it. Uh, first fight on the main card is really good. This, these guys, man, they bring it. Both these guys are some bruisers that that are, you know, they both are uh, very good strikers, and they both have got power. And yeah, this is just a really hard fight to call. I think it's nearly a pick him on the odds. Hakeem Dawadu, eleven one and one. He has looked nothing but great, uh, with the exception of getting caught in a guillotine in his debut. Uh, taking on Zubera Tukagov, nineteen four and one. Um, he's one of these. Uh, He's one of these Russians, man. He's uh, he's very good. He's uh, this is a really hard fight to call. I I lean towards Dawadu just because I think he's a little more active and he throws uh, he throws quite a bit more. So if we get a three round uh, kickboxing match, then I think he will uh, he'll get it done. But uh, definitely tough action in Tukov. Uh, Justin, your your take. Yeah, I like Hakeem Dawadu in this one. I mean, obviously, I think he needs to, to, to keep the fight on the feet <clears throat> and keep Zubair from grinding on him. Uh, but I think if he can stand and strike with Zubair, it's going to be a long night for, for Zubair. Um, I don't think he can hang in that world with, with Hakeem. I think Hakeem is is good enough in the scramble to keep it from getting to a, a, a point where uh, Zubair can really you know get off some good ground and pound on him. Um, I'm kind of – it is a close on the – on the odds, but Zubair is a slight favorite, which kind of surprises me, but I'll be taking the dog on that one. Uh, I think Dawadu will get it done. Chat. I like Hakeem. Um, I like his kickboxing. I don't think he's going to be able to keep Zubair off of him. Uh, I think he's going to get a takedown and he's going to do like Habib does and, and you know, grind it out, ground and pound it out, and uh, I think it's going to be too much for Dawadu. I'm going to take uh, Zabura. All right, we're split on this one. I like it. Uh, up next, we have got um, another really potentially important fight here, I think. And hear me out. It's a Bantamweight contest. Kellen Vieira versus Sajara Eubanks. Eubanks just won. Uh, she beat uh, Julia Vila as a, an underdog just a couple weeks back. So now she's got the quick turnaround. I wonder if that, uh, uh, you know, she's always had a hard time making weight. And so that quick turnaround on the weight cut 
keep an eye on that maybe. But, uh, you know, Caitlin Vieira is one that they had a lot of steam behind. And uh, then she ended up getting knocked out in her last fight. So she's one that, like, if she gets a win here, I think that she will catapult potentially into title contention real fast. She's one that they want to do well. Um, if Eubanks wins, you know, you know, it's not as it's a good win for her for sure. But she's still got a little ways to go. But I think if you see Ketlin win here, then you start seeing her move up into potential title talks. And I do think uh, my pick here is Ketlin Vieira. I think she'll be able to kind of control the clinch. If uh, Eubanks isn't able to uh, to get her down, then I think, uh, you know, it becomes a kickboxing match. And I don't think Eubanks has got just uh, the kind of reach and pop to uh, to knock her out like her last opponent did. Chad, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I think Caitlin's going to uh, shake off that last loss and uh, she can get in there. She she knows what's at stake. Um, you know, uh, build it up and then she loses the last one. Uh, I think she comes in and, and she pushes the pace and, and she gets the job done. Justin. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, you know, coming into her last fight with Irene Aldana, she was 10 and 0. Um, Getting knocked out by Irene Aldana definitely stopped the momentum, but it's it's you know Marina Aldana or Irene Aldana is being talked about in, in title contention now. So I think that uh, with a good win here, that doesn't necessarily set her back all that much. And um, you know the the girls that she has beaten, uh, Ashley Evan Smith, Sarah McMahon, Kate Zingana, or Kat Zingana, uh, they're just on a different level. Um, I think you know and and. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Catelyn gets the win. I just don't think Sajara's on the same level as, as the competition that that Caitlin's already faced. Feature bout, and this is to me, man. This this is a sleeper fight right here. I like this one a lot. It's flyweights, two ranked flyweights at that. Kai Car France, uh, he's another city kickboxing guy. He's uh, you know got very good striking, very crisp striking, good takedown defense. And, uh, you know, just an overall very talented, well-rounded fighter, uh, ranked number eight in the world right now. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's, you know, down the road could potentially be in title contention, but he's got, a, in my opinion, a very live dog against him here. And that's Brandon Roy Val, the raw dog. He uh, coming off of a win over Tim Elliott, which I thought was very impressive. Uh, you know, he's he's a submission threat at all times. He's a guy that's always going to be scrambling for your back, always going for submission. So. To me, it kind of comes down, you know, can he can he take down uh, Kai Car France, which is going to be tough to do. Uh, he has very good takedown defense, but uh, if he's able to get there, then I think he can submit him as he has many, uh, many a prospect, uh, many, many of the very uh, solid prospects in the flyway division have gone down uh, to submission to Brandon Royval. So I probably take a stab at Brandon Royval to eventually sometime over three rounds find that submission here at plus 180. Uh, Justin? It's going to be a tough fight, man. Royval, you know, really proved himself um, against Tim Elliott, who's been a staple of the division for a long time. He was in the the inaugural uh, tournament for this flyweight title, and he's, you know, kept a name for himself after all these years, and, and for Royval to, to weather the storm and get a finish like that, I think was impressive. Um, but Kai Kara France is, is a monster in this division. You know, he's still a young cat who's been learning on the job, you know, and, and uh, hasn't hasn't looked perfect every time but he's putting it together um i think this would be a a very very entertaining fight possibly fight of the night and yeah yeah i think it's gonna be a dog fight um like you said, it's going to be a question on whether Roy Val can get him to the ground. Um, on this one, I think Kaikara is going to kind of 
keeping the distance and uh i think i think kai car is going to end up getting this one no main event first of two t- title fights on the evening and uh man this is uh the to finally find out who the next champion at, at 205 is going to be after john jones vacated the title and after holding it for so long um dominic reyes 12 and 1 takes on jan blahovich 26 and 8 reyes a pretty sizable favorite here minus 250 i believe over five rounds um I'm going to go with this underdog, man. I think uh, Jan Blachowicz, even though he's uh, he's a little bit older, a little longer in the tooth, he's got power. I think Reyes is going to be there to be hit over five rounds, and at uh, plus two hundred, I'm willing to take a shot. I, don't get me wrong, Reyes is is the uh, deserving favorite here, but it, I'm almost kind of curious to see how dialed in he is for this obviously it's for a world championship so i expect him to be but yeah i don't know from the stuff i'm seeing from him and some of the interviews and some of the the footage man i i I almost hope he's not kind of buying into his own hype at this point i'm gonna take a shot on this underdog blahovich uh chat um i think this is gonna be a good one um i think dominic um I don't think it goes over a five-round fight. Uh, I think Dominic gets it maybe second or third round. Um, I think he's just going to be hes going to be too much. I don't think uh, Jan's going to be able to, you know, just overpower him and catch him. I think Dominic's going to piece him up a little bit and uh, end up wearing him down and getting the win. I do say I agree with you that I don't think this fought up in the distance. Either way, Reyes or Blahovich, I think somebody will get finished. Uh, Justin? I agree with you to the to to a T. Really, um, I think you know Yon. We're, when we've seen Yon not do well for the most part was at 185 pounds, and to look at him now and to see to think that he even fought there is kind of crazy. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that Reyes might be uh, just buying into his own hype a little bit and. Jan's just a massive, massive dude who hits really hard, and and I think he's going to get be able to touch Reyes here and there. Um, Reyes hasn't really had any adversity, so we'll get to see what you know what he does in that. I mean, even in the John fight that he lost, it, there wasn't really that much adversity. I mean, it was kind of a it was it was a very tactical fight where they were just kind of playing one punch for one punch or combo for combo. But um, I think we'll, we'll see him get touched up here and, and see if he's really got that grit about him. And um, But I, I like Jan in this fight as the underdog. Main event, this is what we came for. Uh, middleweight championship fight. Two guys that don't like each other, man. These guys, uh, they're like oil and water here. Two undefeated dudes, man, uh, throwing down for this middleweight strap. The reigning and defending champion, 19-0, Israel Adesanya taking on the 13-0, Paulo Costa, the Brazilian, just a um, you know, an athletic specimen, just a beast, uh, man, you know, you've got the technical prowess and the odd angles and the crazy footwork and, uh, you know, just that, that whole, uh, package that is Israel Adesanya against just that brute power and strength, uh, that, that, uh, you know, uh, confidence and, uh, you know, just, 
um, to me, maybe a little more well-rounded when it comes to, you know, overall game. In Paulo Costa, this fight's near a pick uh, I think Adesanya is a slight favorite. Ah, man, really tough one to call. I tell you the truth, I would, you know, my initial lean here was Adesanya up until maybe a week ago. And I think maybe I might take a shot at Costa. I think that, uh, again, over the course of five rounds, I think Costa has got the kind of power to just one one stop one shot uh, stop Israel Adesanya and potentially get him to the ground and, and be better there as well. Whereas Adesanya, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not going to be you know surprised at all for this to be five rounds of Adesanya moving and uh, up and Costa swinging and missing and just never landing that blow. But uh, I'm going to take a shot on uh, Paulo Costa here as the next uh, Jungle Fight uh, alum to come in and win a world championship. Uh, we'll go to you first, Justin. Yeah, I'm. I want to say that too, man. I, I really want to be on the cost of train. I feel like, you know, he's, he's got all the tools that, that could make for a really devastating night for Adesanya. But I also feel that Paulo's where Paulo's dangerous at it is, is in the barrage, you know, in the, the violent forward motion, um, just coming and, and throwing everything at you. And unfortunately for him in this fight, I think that's where Israel is going to shine. You know, it's, that's that's what Israel waits for is, is somebody to come that he can just sit back and counter. Uh, I think he'll do a lot of moving, moving around and, and just wait for the opportunity. And uh, I have a feeling that, that Izzy probably finishes Costa in the first couple rounds here. Oh, wow. Okay. And Chad? I'm going to go a little bit on the opposite end. Um, I'm going to go Costa. And uh, my reasoning is I, I kind of think, like you guys said in the previous fight, I think Israel's almost buying into his own hype. It almost, I get the feel of the Anderson Weidman fight. Um, I, I see, I could see Israel coming in a little bit overconfident because um, he doesn't like Costa. I could see him um, not taking Costa's brute come straight forward punches for taking them for granted. Oh, I can miss them. I can dodge them. Um, and I can see Costa catching him and, and, you know, changing the fight with one punch, whether it's a knockout or hitting him enough to where he could get him to the ground and end the thing on the ground. Uh, I'm going to go with Costa in three. Nice. Nice. I think all these outcomes are very plausible, you know, for sure. I'm excited for it. It's a solid pay-per-view card with a couple of nice cards back to back weeks before we, uh, uh, it looks like we might downshift a little bit next week. So enjoy while you got it. All right. And that's going to do it for our preview of this week's UFC 253 pay-per-view card and ESPN two for the prelims. And, uh, we'll recap this one next week ahead of our valor, uh, preview, uh, and predictions panel as well. And, uh, with that, let's uh, move to our final section of the evening. And that is an interview with next weekend's headliner, Dre Miley. We'll get Dre on the line. All right, on the line now, we have got Bantamweight contender Dre Miley on the line as he gets ready for his main event fight coming up here next weekend at Valor 74 from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. Dre, how goes it, my man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I appreciate you taking some time out of your training schedule to uh, to chat with us here this evening. I imagine this is your hell week uh, as far as your final week of uh, hard prep, huh? Oh, yeah. This week has been nothing but intense and hard work and just all-around fun. You know, it sucks cutting 
way, but at the same time, when you have a team like mine, it makes it that much worth it. Absolutely, man. Of course, you're going to be uh, returning to the cage uh, next uh, next weekend here, and uh, you're putting that seven and three record on the line against Hollywood. John Sweeney out of uh, Upstate Karate there over in South Carolina. Uh, of course, a great team around him over there as well as you having a great team at KMAA. So these are two of the Southeast kind of premier camps uh, going to battle here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this fight, man. You'll be main eventing. Uh, originally, you're going to be the co-main event. Uh, y'all got slid into main event status after Judy Browning pulled out this week. So uh, now you'll be uh, getting headline status here uh, against John Sweeney. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the fight. What can we expect from him, man? Uh, you can expect a different fight from me. Uh, if everybody's watching me fight, you know that like I am kind of slow to start. I'm like very like feel it out kind of kind of person. Like I want to see oh, what's this person going to do. Uh, I'm been doing a lot of I'm going first and I'm going last. Uh, so it's not just you'll get a punch in there. I'm going to go first, second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, how many times it takes until I'm done going. So I'm working on pushing the pace more and just, you know, really believing how really good I am because these past few fights and then with the COVID shutdown, you had time to actually get the mental work and really dig in and be like, are you really as good as everybody says you are? Or are you just, you know, so that's what I've really been doing. With the uh, the COVID uh, obviously putting a bit of cramp on everybody, has that affected your training camp for this one? This will be your first fight, if I'm not mistaken, since since all the craziness. Uh, no, not really. You know, we I stayed active pretty much through it all. You know, with the solo drilling and, and when the gym opened back up, we were still doing stuff. And you know, with Eric as the head coach, you know, he never let you slack up any bit. So. Regardless of what we're going to do, you just know it's going to be intense and you got to get in, get after it. Because that's just how the name of the game is at this point. You can't, you can't be patty caking. You can't be trying to go through the motions. It's, it's go time at this point. Absolutely, man. Now, uh, John Sweeney, let's talk a little bit about him. What are some of the things that he brings to the table that you need to be uh, wary of here next weekend? Uh, he is pretty decent at striking. Like, I'm watching a few of his videos. He's very karate-based because, you know, he trains with Stephen Thompson. You know, karate-based people. And, you know, he does have some power in his hands. I've seen him do it. And, you know, uh, only thing really got to watch out for are the kicks and his right hand because he throws that right hand from South Carolina. So that's the only thing I really got to worry about. Other than that, it really does not change. So it's just going to be my fight to win. And well, my fight to win and my fight to lose. So it doesn't matter what he does. I'm going to have to get him in and get him out. What uh, What's camp been like there at KMA? You guys have got a few uh, a few people on this card, you know, uh, besides yourself. Sarah Hayes on this card is the other pro. Looks like we got about uh, three of the uh, the young uh, young buck amateurs, uh, you know, making debuts on this card. Uh, what's it been like in the in the, the lead up, man? What's the what's the vibe like in the gym? 
Uh, the vibe never changed. You could, it, it's just like how it is every single day. You know, everybody's pushing each other hard every single day. It doesn't matter if it's your first time getting ready to fight or this is your 11th or 12th or whatever, or if you're at Ben's level, everybody's pushing everybody because at this point we're demanding excellence out of everybody, demanding greatness out of everybody. So the dynamic hasn't really changed. The new debuters, they're, I've come accommodated. They bite down their mouthpiece and they go to work just like everybody else. So the the atmosphere of the gym is great. There's so much good energy in that gym. Nice, man. Now, you're supposed to have, uh, you know, a fight uh, with Ed Massey uh, here. Uh, I, I guess it's been attempted uh, to be booked a couple times now and things uh, never really panned out. What, what was the situation with that? Originally, you're uh, going to fight Ed Massey a couple months ago and then the COVID, maybe it was a COVID situation. I know that's got to be frustrating a guy uh, like yourself that's looking to be busy and looking to be active and, and to keep being put off on fights has got to be frustrating. Yeah. I was supposed to fight him before the shutdown happened on May 1st. And then it closed down the state of Tennessee. And then next thing I know, I was like, Hey, you're going to be fighting again on this day. I was like, cool, getting ready for it. You know, September, right before the Chattanooga card, I was killing myself, making weight. And then I found out through like Facebook and there like, wasn't no professionalism to it. And I was just like, Oh, well, Hey guys, we're moving the date. I didn't get a message. You know, uh, it took me asking Eric and then Eric just, he found out about it from me asking him. He was like, yeah, I guess it did. (laughs) <laughs> that's when they moved to October 4th and I was like and then after that they was like well we don't know and then I had to talk with Eric and he asked me he's like do you want to keep trying I was like no I don't want to keep trying because I'm not if I when I if I was to go in there and fight Ed Massey and I beat him my stock would kind of rise you know I maybe get noticed but like I feel like my home is with Valor you know I made a point to where people would people like seeing me fight there you know sure and i love fighting for valor you know and i feel like i would get noticed more i mean that sounds selfish but at the end of the day i'm trying to get to where you know Cody durden is and nathan manis i'm trying to get mm-hmm. there because you know i i feel like i can compete with every body in the ufc at this point that's how my mentality is and i have to show that next saturday I love the attitude, man. Now, you know, let's talk a little bit about another fight on that card and in another fighter just in general that's kind of got to be on your radar. We talked about, you know, uh, shining with Valor. Uh, you know, the Valor professional title has catapulted uh, many a fighter uh, into into uh, the, the big show, uh, having that, you know, guys like Luis Pena and and uh, Cody Durden, you know, uh, they've, they've, they've gotten the call uh, up. So I know that uh, your eye has to be on that prize as well. Of course, we just saw a new champion crowned last week, or I guess maybe two weeks ago now, in uh, in Chattanooga, where uh, Jeremy Mitchell uh, took out your teammate James Adcock to win that strap. He's undefeated, young young buck out of West Virginia that's been looking good. Uh, you know, there's there was a little bit of cloudiness in the situation because obviously, you know, if James Adcock won, that's your teammate. But uh, now that Mitchell has got the belt. Uh, you know, a win here would have to set you up, I would think, with uh, with that match for the title. Any thoughts on that? Of course, you don't want to overlook John Sweeney because, uh, you know, that's how uh, things get off 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 kilter real quick. But uh, just any thoughts on on that potential matchup? 
Oh yeah, I've already had words with Mr. Mitchell already, so uh, we've already been, you know, going back at it because everybody knows me. I'm I'm not gonna hold my tongue if I want something. I'm gonna tell you about it. You can, if you need proof, you can look at how I talked to Cutley Durden before our fight. Uh, I'm not really looking over John Sweeney, but I know where my trajectory is, and I know at my place is the 135 champ. You know, I told, and then come to find out, me and Mitchell was supposed to fight, but I guess uh, I had signed on to fight Ed Massey, so me and him were supposed to fight. Right. Now, he's been going around saying that I had ducked him and I'm running from him and stuff like that, and so he's then told me that he's going to be front row October 3rd, so that's going to be fun uh to to be honest with you whenever i watched him fight james i was not really impressed you know i feel like i feel like the fight with john sweeney is probably gonna be a tough fight you know i respect everybody but at this point you know i and everybody knows how i feel about cody Durden. i respect cody Durden. i like cody Durden a little bit more than i like jeremy mitchell because how me and him talk to each other and you don't tell me that I ran from you. You know, I, I don't run from anybody, you know? Right, right. So, so with him, I, I, I beat Jer- uh, John Sweeney. Oh yeah. I'm definitely going to that belt because it's the belt. Like you said, it leads to everybody getting UFC. And that is my gate to being to where Vince is and where Jason and everybody else has been at. And that's exactly where I'm trying to be. So if I got to run through both of them. I'm going to run to both of them. Very good, man. Well, I'm super excited for it. Uh, you know, another main event for you next weekend at home. Uh, before I let you go, I'm going to leave, uh, get some shout outs uh, where they're due. Any sponsor love, friends, family, training partners you want to give some shout out to, I'll let you have uh, the mic and then uh, round us off by letting our listeners know where that they can uh, keep up with you on social media. Okay. I want to give a shout out to everybody at Knoxville Martial Arts Academy. Uh, Eric Turner, Joey Zonar, Jason King, uh, Ovin. James Adcock, you know, everybody that has ever helped me throughout this camp, everybody, you know, just let me be me and you're always encouraging me and, you know, putting up with me, you know, trash, talk trashing in the gym, stuff like that, talking smack at the gym, trying to get everybody fired up. Uh, Chloe Padilla, Frankie Padilla at uh, FBS Combat, keeping me in tip-top shape, you know, um, and see, hydrate water for keeping me hydrated. And, you know, um, see, I'm going to give a special shout out to my media family, you know, you know, my girlfriend, Kay Barella, she's, she's been, you know, my rock, man. She's been helping me through all this and my boys, all three boys, they've been looking at me, you know, they, they're excited about this fight because they know that this fight's going to be the one that puts us on the map and, you know, it's a, it's a lot of people think. I want to thank Valor for sure. You know, thank John Sweeney for taking the fight and actually wanting to do this. And, you know, uh, so hydrate is enough. Like I said, hydrate's one. That's pretty much all it is. That's everybody who's ever helped me get to where I'm at. Uh, thank you. And hopefully more people jump on board. Anybody that bought T-shirts that I've been selling, anybody bought tickets, thank you. Um, you can find me at on Instagram at Dre Miley MMA one three five. And you can find me on Facebook, either Dre Miley is my personal page, or you can go Dre, Dre Koo Miley uh, on Facebook. That's my fan page. 
Once again, this has been Dre Miley getting ready to main event Valor 74 next weekend at the world famous Cotton Eye Joe next Saturday, October the 3rd. It all goes down. If you can't be there live in person, you can catch it on pay-per-view at the VFCMMA.com website. But if you can make it in person, you get your tickets at FighterTicks with an X.com. Make sure you select Dre so he can know that you're giving him support. Uh, thanks so much for the time, Dre. We will see you next weekend. All right. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much to Dre Miley for joining us ahead of his main event next week at Valor 74. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, make sure you spread the word and uh, subscribe to the podcast at uh, all of the fine outlets that you listen to your podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, you know, all, all those uh, Spotify, you know, just all the places. Uh, make sure you like, share, give us a nice rating. And uh, we will be back next week with the Valor 74 preview and pick panel. Always our favorite. Uh, type show uh, for my co-host Justin Watson and our guest this week Chad Finnerty. I'm Tim Lloyd signing off for another edition of the Valor Hour. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan Quick Fix on Radio Influence. The Colby Covington comments that we have seen over the past couple days it's hate speech. It is racist statements. If you do not think that that is hate speech, you do not think that is a racist statement. Here's what you need to do. Take those quotes, go to your local grocery store, sit out there for two hours and ask and hand these quotes to people and see what they say. And I want to use a line that Ian Beckles, who does a show for radio influence said the, uh, about two weeks ago, he goes, if you do not believe in equality, you're the problem. Let me also say this to my fellow MMA reporters. If you continue to give Colby Covington a platform to spew his hate speech, to spew his racist comments, you're as much of the problem as well. Yeah, I think Colby should be out of the UFC. Seriously. I seriously think that. Why do I think that? What he said is not acceptable what he said to Kamaro and that show what he said who did you get a call from did you get a call from freaking your little tribe did they give you some smoke signals for you that's racist that's really racist that's no longer a political discussion if Colby wants to be the Trump supporter guy that may rub some people the wrong way, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with him getting the call from the president. In fact, that's kind of a cool moment, right? That that's a viral moment. Kobe does have value. Kobe Covington said something that was racist, really racist. Looking at Kamaro, a peer, a black peer. And he tells him that he tells him, did you get a call from freaking your little tribe? That's racist. At some point, at some point, as a mixed martial arts community, we have to hold people accountable. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.